Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. It is me, Elizabeth Benton, and we are back for part two of this Fat Loss Basics series. I told you guys that I wanted to start out the new year really kind of getting back to the basics and putting together a series of consecutive episodes where we're really going to dial in on the most important factors for fat loss. So Tuesday was part one, and we talked about hormones and calories. Today we're going to be talking specifically about carbohydrates. Saturday we'll talk about either fat or protein, and then Tuesday the next one we'll do a basic episode on fitness. And then as I mentioned in part one, what I'd like to do is do a couple of Q&As after this series wraps up to make sure that I've addressed any and all of your questions after this series. Now, Carbohydrates are something that I have talked a lot about and I will probably continue to talk a lot about. And we certainly see a lot of questions coming in from you guys about carbohydrates. And I'm going to link to the past episodes that I've done because I've certainly covered in miscellaneous episodes a lot more information than what I'm going to go through today. But today we're going to focus on the big rocks, the fundamentals, the stuff you really need to know, the essential facts about carbohydrates that can take your fat loss to the next level. We're not going to get lost in the weeds with the little things that don't really matter, that don't really move the needle significantly, like resistant starch and ketosis and all those things. I've certainly touched on those in past episodes, and I will link to them in the show notes. But remember, 2016, here with Primal Potential, is the year of less but better. We do not need to know everything. We do not need to distract ourselves with the tiny pieces of the puzzle. We need to focus on the most high-impact things, and then we need to implement them. So we are going to spend today talking specifically about carbohydrates and how they relate to fat loss. And then again, we'll have an episode on fat, an episode on protein, and we're going to keep this series all together so that you can always refer back to it when you feel like you need to get back to the basics and so that new people to the podcast have an easy starting point that is all together as part of a series. So what are carbohydrates? They are a macro nutrient. A macronutrient meaning that they deliver energy in the form of calories. The difference, the comparison there would be a micronutrient, which is a nutrient that does not deliver calories, like a vitamin or a mineral, right? So macronutrients are nutrients that deliver energy in the form of calories. Now, carbohydrates 
are actually not nutritionally essential. They do not have a critical structural role that our, or a functional role that our body can't meet without consuming carbohydrates. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that in a second. Each of the macronutrients, carbohydrates, fats, protein, have a certain number of calories per gram. So hypothetically, if you were to pick up a food and read the label and calories wasn't listed there, you could figure out the calories as long as you knew how many grams of fat, how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbohydrate. You could just do the math in your head. Every single gram of carbohydrate contains four calories. Now, I've done a detailed episode on how different types of carbohydrates, those calories act differently in the body. Uh, and that was an episode I did on why calorie counting is misleading. And I gave an example of two different kinds of carbohydrates and how hormonally and from a fat loss perspective, they have an entirely different response in the body. So I'll link to that episode in the show notes. We're not gonna get into that here today. But every single gram of carbohydrate contains four calories. And remember that calories represent the energy potential within a food. That's it. They are not this magical thing that piles up on your waistline and makes you look bigger. A calorie is just a unit of measurement, like an inch or a meter or a yard. And what is it that calories are measuring? They are measuring the energy potential within that food, how much potential energy or fuel that food can give to you. So ca uh, carbohydrates have fewer calories per gram than fat, right? Because fat has nine calories in each gram. Carbohydrate has four. Protein also has four. But comparing carbohydrates to fat just means that fat delivers twice as much energy potential, contains twice as much energy potential, more than twice, compared to a gram of carbohydrate. Now, carbohydrates are essentially chains of sugars, all right? And they can be short linear chains. They can be short branch chains. They can be um, long branch chains or long linear chains. But basically, carbohydrates in general is a chain of sugars. And we're talking about vegetables, wheat, oat, rice, potatoes, fruit, pretzels, you name it. When we talk about carbohydrates, though, we have to consider all of the components because not all carbs are created equal. They react differently in the body, and a lot of this has to do with how much water is in a particular carbohydrate, how much fiber, how much starch, and how much sugar. And we're gonna look at that more closely in just a minute, but first I wanna clear up some real kind of basic fundamental things. Vegetable is not a macronutrient. Fruit is not a macronutrient. I can't tell you how many times I hear well, no, 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 I didn't have carbs, I had a banana. Or it's not a carb, it's a fruit. Vegetables and fruits are carbohydrates. They are not a macronutrient group of their own, right? And I, I know I've kind of ragged on Weight Watchers before because they have often called fruits and vegetables, quote unquote, free foods. Nothing is free, nothing is free. Nothing, nothing, nothing is free, all right? So I want to be really clear that fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. Now, are they equal in terms of fat loss to pasta and bread? No, and we'll talk about why. Their carbohydrate chains are all different lengths and different sizes, and so some of them break down to more sugar than others. But at their core, carbohydrates are chains of sugar. 
So just so we're all on the same page, broccoli is a carbohydrate. Yes, it is a vegetable, but vegetable is not a macronutrient, right? So when we classify foods, they're either going to be fat, protein, or carbohydrate. And when we look at foods that are combinations, we tend to classify it by what it is mostly, what it is mostly. So apple is a carbohydrate. Carrot is a carbohydrate. Brussels sprouts are a carbohydrate. Now let's look at what makes carbohydrates different. All right. So I want you to imagine with me in your head, okay, that we have, let's just imagine it as like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. All right. And in your head, and you can even do this if you have a piece of paper in front of you, I want you to turn it landscape, right? So it's longer than it is tall. All right. So we've got 11 inches across, eight inches up and down, right? Eight and a half, whatever. So I want you to imagine or draw out on paper that there are four columns on this piece of paper. And this piece of paper represents a carbohydrate, any carbohydrate, okay? On the far left column, remember there's four equal columns on this, on this sheet. On the far left, I want you to write water. So that first column is water. In the second column, I want you to write fiber. In the third, I want you to write starch. And in the fourth, I want you to write sugar. So if we imagine that this piece of paper is any random carbohydrate, then we need to know how full each of these columns are. Is it mostly water and then a little bit of fiber, a tiny bit of starch, and barely any sugar, right? Or is it very little water, very little fiber, a ton of starch, and a lot of sugar? This is what makes carbohydrates different. And it's because the starch and the sugar are going to be what impacts our blood sugar. And remember from uh, part one of this series of the Fat Loss Basics, we talked about why blood sugar has such a significant role in fat loss. So when we're looking, let's say we're going to use Brussels sprouts as an example. I love Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are primarily water. So if this sheet of paper that's horizontally laid out the left column of water is going to be pretty much filled in. Brussels sprouts have a lot of water content. And then their next highest column is going to be fiber. Brussels sprouts really don't have any starch and they have very little sugar. So when I look at this, this Brussels sprout, I'm going to see this is really primarily water and fiber. So that's not going to have a significant impact on my blood sugar. Now compare that, say, with a banana. There's definitely some water in a banana. Not as much as Brussels sprouts, right? Bananas are pretty dense, right? Fiber-wise, not a lot. Maybe a couple grams, not a lot. Not starch, but there's a fair amount of sugar in a banana and in most tropical fruits. So we see water and sugar kind of competing there for the highest percentage of what makes up that carbohydrate. So the banana is going to have much more of a significant impact on our blood sugar than, say, the Brussels sprouts. Now let's take um, pretzels, for example. How much water in a pretzel? Like very little to none, right? Fiber, maybe a smidge, not a ton. Starch and sugar, absolutely. And we can use starch and sugar kind of interchangeably because starch is merely a long chain of sugar. So we can really use them interchangeably, but people get confused when I say a potato and they're like, there's not, there's not sugar in a potato. Oh, but yes, there is because that starch is just a long chain of sugar molecules, okay? So when we look at carbohydrates and their impact on our blood sugar, we have to look at how much water, how much fiber, how much starch, how much 
sugar. Now, I told you guys I wasn't going to get lost in the weeds, and I am not, but I do want to just kind of add in here, some people might be wondering, okay, is glycemic index a good way to measure whether or not a carb is fat loss friendly? And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say no. And the reason for that is because the way that they measure glycemic index is basically saying you eat a set amount of this thing all by itself. So glycemic index becomes far less relevant if you have less than that amount that they measured it with or more than that amount or you have it with fat or you have it with protein or you have it with more carbohydrate. And so glycemic index can be really, really misleading because it's relative to a set amount of something eaten all on its own in isolation. And so that's not real life. That's not practical. So it can be a, a decent indicator, but it's really not that practical and it doesn't have to be that complicated. All right. So generally speaking, carbohydrates are metabolized pretty quickly, especially when compared to fat and protein. And the way that I like to explain this, I'm a big fan of analogies. If you guys have been hanging around me for a while, you know that. But I like to explain it like this. Let's say that you and I are hanging out and I say, hey, listen, we're going to start a fire and your job today while I'm doing whatever I'm going to do, I want you to keep this fire burning hot and bright all day long. But here's the thing. All you can use is newspaper and kindling. That's it. You got to keep it burning all day long, burning hot, burning strong. But all I'm going to give you is newspaper and kindling. What would that mean for you? You would need a ton of newspaper and a ton of kindling, and you pretty much wouldn't be able to leave the fire all day. Even if you got up to go to the bathroom and get a drink, you would come back and that fire and that kindling you just put on would pretty much have fizzled out already. Now, if we think of our metabolism as a furnace, that is the way that carbohydrates act in your metabolic furnace. Yeah, they burn fast and they burn hot, but they fizzle out really quickly. They provide this immediate fuel surge, but it doesn't last. And that, when you get that sort of fizzle effect that you would see in a fire, you feel that. And when I talk about hormonal biofeedback and tracking, that's one of the things that I'm talking about. When your metabolic furnace starts to fizzle, you sense that. And what it feels like to you, it can feel like a number of different things depending on kind of what else you've eaten for the rest of the day and what time of the day it is, but you are going to sense that as hunger and cravings, especially cravings for carbohydrates, right? Because your body is like, uh, so we were good, we had a good strong burn going and now there's nothing, so it's triggering you to eat more and it knows that the fastest way to get that flame back up is more carbohydrates and that's why you experience carbohydrate cravings. So if I wanted you to keep that fire burning, if we were hanging out and really had a fire going, then I would give you like big solid logs, right? And sure, there's a place for newspaper and kindling, but for really sustaining that fire burn, we want to make sure that you have the logs on the fire. And so that is going to be protein and carb uh, protein and fat. And we're going to do separate episodes on these uh, as part of the fat loss basic series. But I really want to be clear that you do get a fast burn and that's not a bad thing, but it's not going to sustain you. And that is what I call the carbohydrate cycle. 
And, you know, I can think of so many times when maybe I had like a bowl of cereal for breakfast or an English muffin or a bagel or a muffin. And 30, 45 minutes later, I'm feeling hungry again. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I just had a big bowl of cereal. Like, how is this even possible, right? I know many people feel that way when they're eating carbs for breakfast. They feel like they get that pit in their stomach very shortly thereafter. And they're thinking, why am I hungry again? It's because that furnace, that fire has flamed out. And then you experience more hunger and more cravings. So what do you do? You go and you get a candy bar from the vending machine or you grab a granola bar and the same things happen. You're putting more kindling and uh, newspaper on the fire and it's going to burn out really fast. And we don't want that. All right. So we've established that they, carbohydrates can be a source of fuel for your body, but are they essential? Do we need them in our diet for optimal health. Now, this is not a question of whether we should or shouldn't eat them, we'll get there, but it's just a simple matter of whether or not they are essential for the function of our body. Now, glucose is essential. It's the preferred fuel source for many functions in the body. However, we, our bodies, physically are able, if we never had glucose in any form ever again, Our body can generate glucose from other substances within the body. So it does not, even though it is essential, it does not need to be provided via carbohydrates. So what I find really interesting is that energy, fuel, is the only function of carbohydrates. Fat and protein are different. They have very specific structural and functional requirements within the body. Fats are used to help make hormones. They're a critical part of every cell. Enzymes are made from proteins. Proteins are required for immunity and healing and repair. Carbs are just an energy source. Now, glucose is fuel, but our body can make it from other things. So I just want to really kind of like ease any apprehensions. They're not necessary. And this is not an argument that you need to be no carb. That's I don't live that way. I don't think you need to. But I do think it's important to understand that fat and protein are structurally and functionally essential for life, carbohydrates are not. So let's kind of change gears here and talk about why carbohydrates matter so much when it comes to fat loss. We know so many people who all of a sudden go no carb or very low carb, and then they like drop weight really fast, right? Like 10 pounds in a matter of a week or two weeks. Most of this is water. And the reason for that and I've said this before on the show, carbohydrates are like little sponges. Every single gram of carbohydrate that you consume hangs on to roughly another four grams of water, right? It just hangs on to that water. And so when we cut out the carbohydrates, we're just not retaining as much water. And so it can be a little misleading and confusing. That's one of the reasons that people kind of play around with carbs so much when it comes to weight loss. It has to do with water retention more than it does to do with fat loss. But there is a very obvious link to fat loss, and that has to do with our storage capacity for carbohydrates. Our body can store carbs in their storage form, which is known as glycogen. So the two storage sites for glycogen 
which is basically a long chain of glucose, is going to be your muscle tissue and your liver. But what is really important to understand is that that storage capacity is limited. You do not have a finite amount of storage for glycogen. So when we exceed that, not just in a day, but whenever we fill up those storage sites, whether that takes a day or three days or a week or a month, that has to be converted to and stored as fat. So the body's capacity to store glucose or sugar in the form of glycogen is only about 400 grams, okay? And after this threshold is met, again, whether it's a day or a week or whatever, and we do not turn over those muscle storage forms either by eating less than our body needs or through physical activity, it's going to be converted to and stored as fat. Now, that fat can also circulate in the blood, but that's no good either. So it's very important to understand that our storage form for carbohydrates, our storage space, is very limited. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about as it relates to why carbs are important for fat loss, why they play such a role, the first one was about water, the second one is about spillover, or we have a finite amount of storage form of glycogen and the rest of it has to be converted to fat and either circulate in our blood or be stored in our adipose tissue or our body fat. The third thing is the hormonal influence. And in part one of this series, I talked about how insulin is so important for fat loss because when insulin is chronically elevated, fat burning is turned off because insulin is a storage hormone. And carbohydrates influence not just insulin, but all of your hormones more than we see influence of hormones with fat and with protein, okay? So it is this hormonal impact that is the reason we want to avoid carbs in the morning when our goal is fat loss. And I will link to the carb timing episode that I did, uh, as well as a few others, carb tolerance, uh, carb spillover, where I've gone into more detail on these things. But as part of this fat loss basic series, I really want to hit the highlights. So when you wake up in the morning, you've been fasting overnight. Your blood sugar and your insulin are low, right? Because we haven't been eating overnight. When we introduce carbohydrate-rich foods in the morning, wheat, oats, grains, processed foods, even fruit, those are broken down into their smallest part, which is sugar. That sugar goes to the bloodstream because that's how it's delivered to our cells for fuel. And when our blood sugar rises, insulin has to be secreted in response because insulin acts as the usher that takes the sugar from the blood and delivers it to the cells for energy and then takes the excess and stores it. So because we are in this unique fasted state in the morning, we have an exaggerated blood sugar response when we eat carbs in the morning. And that exaggerated blood sugar response also leads to an exaggerated insulin response and therefore more time out of fat burning mode than if we ate that same carbohydrate later in the day. The analogy that those of you that have been listening for a while now may want to say this again for the benefit of the new people and because repetition is the mother of skill, the analogy that I like to use here is let's imagine that you are in a completely dark room for 12 hours, no light coming in at all. And after 12 hours, somebody comes in and turns on a floodlight. What would your eyes do? How strong would that reaction be? It would be pretty major, right? 
it would be pretty major primarily because you've been in the darkness for quite some time. Now, what if you were just hanging out outside in the sunlight and somebody came outside after 12 hours and plugged in the floodlight? Very little response, right? That is equivalent to our body dealing with carbohydrates. In the morning, because we've been fasting overnight, we do have this exaggerated response. And therefore, we have an exaggerated production of insulin. And we know that insulin is a storage hormone that tells the body, hey, we're in storage mode. Don't you dare go breaking down any body fat for extra fuel because we have plenty of fuel. In fact, I'm here now trying to find a place to put it, right? So we don't want to create that exaggerated response, and we can do that by sticking to fat and protein in the morning and avoiding those carbs in the AM, all right? The other reason that we want to avoid carbohydrates in the morning is related to another hormone, cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. Cortisol, basically when cortisol is elevated, it amplifies the fat storing potential of insulin. So the nuts and bolts here is that we really want to avoid having insulin elevated when cortisol is elevated. And this is where the morning time comes in because cortisol is at its daily peak in the morning. Well, why is our stress hormone highest in the morning? Because that is part of our natural sleep-wake cycle. Cortisol peaks in the morning to help us wake up and feel alert and tackle the day, and it's at its lowest point in the evening so that we can relax and fall asleep and stay asleep. So when we consume carbohydrates in the morning and we have this exaggerated insulin response at the time of day when uh, cortisol is naturally at its peak, we are having an exaggerated insulin response when cortisol is already high, so we have more time out of fat burning mode and cortisol is amplifying the fat storing potential of insulin and we would not see that reaction. We would not have that much of an increase in insulin later in the day and we wouldn't have cortisol at its daily peak later in the day. All right, so that is why we want to make sure to avoid those carbohydrates in the morning when the goal is fat loss. Now, I've done a number of Q&A episodes on this, so I'm not going to go into the questions about like, well, what about fruit? What about this? Uh, how come I know so many lean people that have oatmeal for breakfast? I've done an episode on carbohydrate tolerance and why some people are more tolerant to carbohydrates and they can clear the sugar from their blood more quickly. And in that episode, which I will link to in the show notes, I also talk about how you can improve your own carbohydrate tolerance because this is not a set in stone thing. There is a lot we can do nutritionally and from a lifestyle standpoint to actually improve our carbohydrate tolerance. All right. Now, this leads us to the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. And I touched on these in part one of this fat loss basic series. And I have put together a cheat sheet for you. Now, many of you already have this cheat sheet because it's the freebie that you get when you get on the free Primal Potential VIP email list. But for those of you that do not yet have it and you're like, what are these carbohydrate you know, strategies? What is this cheat sheet? What are these golden rules? If you go to primalpotential.com slash join, primalpotential.com slash join, or you can just text the word primal to the number 44222, you will get that cheat sheet automatically. 
And I will also link in the show notes to this episode to the um, blog post that I wrote on the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, as well as to all the past podcast episodes that I have done on the nuances of carbs and fat loss and really like what to eat and when. I've also done a couple of episodes on how to make breakfast a fat-burning meal, so that if you're thinking, all right, so what do I eat? I have gone into a ton of detail on those things, and I will put those up on the show notes for this episode over at primalpotential.com, but if you want to get that cheat sheet, all you gotta do is be on the free VIP email list, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222, or just go to primalpotential.com slash join. There is also the fat loss food guide that I have put together going through what are some great carbohydrates for fat loss as well as fats for fat loss and protein, so I'll link to that as well. In general, though, when we are looking at carbs and carb backloading and having them towards the end of the day, that doesn't mean it's a free pass for like pizza and pretzels and popcorn and cookies. Really want to move towards whole food carbohydrates like fruit, like starchy vegetables, potatoes, sweet potatoes, plantains, winter squash. Now, what about non-starchy vegetables? That is probably the most common question that I get. Because these non-starchy vegetables are mostly water and fiber, they are not going to have the impact on your blood sugar that we'll see with the starchy vegetables or certainly with processed foods or with fruit. And so I encourage people to liberally consume non-starchy vegetables. The starchy vegetables are going to be your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, winter squash. But the non-starchy vegetables like Brussels sprouts, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower. Consume those liberally throughout the day because they are not going to have the impact on your blood sugar that we see with the starchier vegetables. So if you feel like you've still got some questions, please do not hesitate to email me, but please also know that I am putting a comprehensive list of resources on episodes I've already done, blog posts I've written, up on the show notes page for this episode. So be sure to check that out first, because I wouldn't be surprised if your question is answered there. But remember, I would like the last couple episodes of this Fat Loss Basic series to be answering your most common questions. So do not hesitate to get those questions to me, but I will be linking to a more detailed explanation of carbohydrate spillover. When are carbs stored as fat and when are they fueling your workouts or your energy, as well as carb timing? carb tolerance, why some people can eat more carbs and stay lean, and how you can improve your carbohydrate tolerance. Also a detailed episode on insulin, how it works, why it can work in your favor, and how and when it can work against you, as well as that episode that I mentioned in part one about why calories aren't created equal and why calorie counting or macro counting can be misleading as well as the episode I've done on alcohol, because alcohol acts a lot like a carbohydrate from a metabolic and fat loss standpoint, and a video training that I did on carbohydrates. So if you want that cheat sheet, make sure you're on the VIP email list. It gets automatically sent to you when you join. Just go to primalpotential.com join, or text the word PRIMAL to 44222. So glad you guys were here with me today. I'll see you soon. Take care. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.